0: Adam Warlock was created by Earth scientists as an artificial, perfect human. For some time, he explored the cosmos, occasionally allying himself with heroes such as the Infinity Watch and the Guardians of the Galaxy. He had a dark side, however, and eventually, in order to prevent his evil self, Magus, from permanently taking over, he convinced Star-Lord to kill him. Recently, the Adam Warlock of an alternate reality was reborn in this reality with the help of Thanos. Who has been both an ally and an enemy to Adam over the years. This alternate reality Adam has been reborn with vast power and knowledge, as he contains the energy of his former reality within him, but he did not realize the full extent of his new powers. Most recently, he was helping Thanos and the Guardians of the Galaxy in their attempt to thwart Annihilus from taking over the universe. But Warlock was taken prisoner in the battle, until he found himself floating in unfamiliar space without his memories. His quest for answers led him to some of the most powerful beings in reality, who told him he was destined to destroy all existence in the near future. Hello, welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. And it's time for another episode of The Infinity Entity, that mini series that is bridging the gap between Thanos um Thanos the Infinity Re- Relativity graphic novel and Thanos the Infinity Finale graphic novel. And since we are covering these, of course, who's here but my Thanos guy, Brian? What's up, Brian? Hey,
1: how you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you doing tonight?
1: I am fantastic. To As we record this, uh, the day, a couple of the trailers that came out at DC Fandom event, and including the Suicide Squad trailer. Oh, that's right. I got to look for those later on. Oh. So I, know, I saw there's a Wonder, new Wonder Woman trailer, too. New so. Wonder, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 trailer that uh, made me very, very happy because... Oh. Um, It really shows you that it's going to be about uh, Diana and Barbara Minerva, uh, a.k.a. Cheetah. Mm -hmm. And as I uh, said to the Empress while we were watching or after we watched the trailer, I said that really I really like that because that they're using that storyline anyway. Because when done right, I've seen it done a few times over and it hasn't always been done great. But when done right, the story of Diana and Barbara and their friendship and how their friendship gets poisoned and all that stuff it's one of my favorite stories in all of comicdom so that they're using that storyline for this uh, movie um, definitely makes it highly likely that I'm going to see it soon after it released. But the suicide squad trailer was just magnificent because I'd forgotten that James Gunn is writing and directing it. So first Mm -hmm. of all, like that and the cast, I did not know that Idris Elba and Peter Capaldi were in it
0: wow okay no i knew about it well i didn't know about idris elba, but earlier yep. i saw somebody tweet something saying idris elba is blood sport interesting yep. i yep. didn't
1: know what that was from so now i know that is and yep and peter, peter capaldi. capaldi as the thinker wow. and yep and they have oh man someone who 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 was it i'm trying to remember now um they have savant from the birds of prey from gail simone's birds of prey um He's in it. And hold on, I'm just going to look up real quick, because it was someone I knew who was playing it, who was playing him. This is coming out next year, right? 2021?
0: Yes, 2021. Yeah, I got it
1: on IMDb. Oh, Michael Rooker is going to play Savant. And uh, that made me happy. And then, um, uh, oh, and also John Cena as the peacemaker that's why i was seeing people putting up covers of peacemaker comics from the 60s yeah so anyway all things considered like between that and just you know of course another turn with margot robbie's harley quinn which is always a good thing and like i said james Gunn at the helm this trailer made me so happy um so i'm uh i'm in a good mood after oh, wow. after those dc fandom uh goodies came out Mon- they're gonna have Mongal gal in it wow Oh, the, the, the number, like, like they literally make the Suicide Squad look like it's got like 21 people in it. Well, King Shark is in it. Yes. King Shark. Oh my God. How good is that? And Ratcatcher 2. Yes. Rat, Not even
0: Ratcatcher. Ratcatcher 2,
1: she's credited yes. as. Yeah. Yeah. So so anyway it's going to be fantastic and so that's that's why I'm in a good mood because uh even though we're about to cover a marvel comic in great depth and detail as we so often do on this show uh DC made me very happy today. I wonder who Nathan Fillion is playing TDK? I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I mean, I could stand for The Dark Knight, but I doubt it. Mm. Uh, given that we're given between given that we are currently um in the interregnum between Batfleck and battinson well you know you saw the did you see the thing about batman in the flash movie i did i saw that batfleck is going to be back in the flash movie i did see that headline no not just him oh. michael
0: keaton what will be batman as well
1: oh yeah. they're doing some like speed force like yeah. flash forward Flashpoint type stuff aren't they
0: i was now of course i was already like kind of
1: because flash is one of my least favorite
0: parts of the movie so the fact like, oh, and you have to have Batman and like, eh, whatever. Maybe, you know, I mean, I probably would see it, but I wasn't rushing. But now they have Michael Keaton as Batman. I'm interested. And okay. speaking of Michael Keaton. Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, as Catwoman.
1: Fascinating. You, you this is this. OK, I might need to uh now I to might be need fair, to check all that out.
0: I haven't actually read articles. I just saw the headline. Someone retweeted right, the headline. Right. So for all I know, you know, take up a grain of Salt, mm-hmm. but if true, that makes me interested.
1: Yeah, yeah, and of course that throws into my uh, head completely unrelated. But I'll just mention it here because it was one of my favorite things ever to read, and I can't even remember the title of it properly. It was one of the. Um, did you did you read a uh, planetary? Yes. Uh, Okay. There was that side issue where they were cycling through Batman worlds, basically.
0: I think I remember that one.
1: Yeah, it was. It wasn't an issue of the of the series proper. The planetary
0: JLA crossover.
1: There was that one. This was not that one. Um, that one was interesting because yeah, that was was interesting just because it turned everything like upside down and we got evil planetary, which made me uh, you know, I'm like such. Let let me just a quick quick side. Well, anyway like I'll, I'll give you a quick side note here after I've just mentioned, but this was one where uh, I can't remember the name of the parallel like, worlds or something like that. But anyway, the point is, is like they spend the whole episode side sl- sl- slip streaming through parallel worlds, like through the bleed, basically the whole Warren Ellis oh. Wildstorm verse versus bleed. And every like place they go, they have a different version of Batman right down to at one point they're like with Adam West's Batman. And it's, just fantastic that they go all the way there.
0: Like I after dealing with grim dark Batman, I kind of remember that.
1: Yeah, I think no, so. it was so good, so so good. And and what I will I will just say, you know, of course, all of this makes me super happy because literally, if you look at, I read like ninety nine point nine percent of my comic book reading I do on my Kindle in the Com- uh, Comic Cat app. I believe it's called Comic Cat, Comic Cat or Comic Cal um but anyway the point is what is this called um i can't even tell i'm i apologize anyway the point the point i'm trying to make is you know it lets you create like little individual bookshelves and i have so many comics in here that i do need to organize them via bookshelf etc 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 and there, um most of my bookshelves are title specific so i have a fantastic four folder for instance or a hulk folder or a flash folder but there are certain um uh certain uh folders that are just for writers i like yeah like and those have to be like my favorite 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 writers in like all of comic to get their own um folder um and uh the, the the writers who have their own folders in my on my uh, kindle comic reading app uh brian bendis gail simone greg rucka Sh- terry moore stepan Shtep- stepan and warren ellis so you know like warren anything that warren touches pretty much is going to uh give me a huge uh happy
0: yeah actually when you said that the whole batman i was thinking of there was an issue of superman the man of steel i just looked it up real quick issue 37 it was a zero hour crossover mm-hmm. and in it they do the same thing on the cover it's Superman surrounded by every version of batman <laughs> until then and <laughs> And that's and that's what the issue was. I think Batman just kept changing because of the whole zero hour thing changing from like one Batman to the other. So he has like the original Golden Age one. And then there's Adam West. And then there's like the 50s Batman who fought aliens. And
1: then he's like the Dark Knight. And then there's Neil Adams Batman. Yes,
0: exactly. So it was kind of irritating. So it made me think of that, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Anyway. Wow. Here we are. All these minutes into the podcast. And we haven't even mentioned our boy Adam Warlock.
0: Yes. So.
1: Infinity Entity Number Three. That's right. Okay, so hey,
0: that's the point of the in- intro. Let's talk about other stuff for a few minutes because we're going to be spending <laughs> the rest of the time talking about this. Right. Exactly. All right. So hold on for hold on for the synopsis, people, and we will be back right after that and probably a promo. Infinity Entity Number Three. Answers. Writer Jim Starlin. Pencils Alan Davis. Inks Mark Farmer. Colors Will Contana. Letters VC's Joe Sabino Assistant Editor Alana Smith Editor Tom Brevort with Will Moss Cover art by Alan Davis, Mark Farmer, and Jordan Boyd. Variant cover by Ron Lim, Andy Smith, and Matt Yackey. Cover price three dollars ninety nine cents. Cover dated may twenty sixteen. On sale date, march twenty third, twenty sixteen. You can find this reprinted in the Infinity Entity Trade Paperback from twenty sixteen and digitally on Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. Adam is in front of Infinity, Eternity, and the other cosmic entities, trying to understand their accusation that he is going to be responsible for the destruction of all space and time. Eternity thinks that Adam is playing with them, but Infinity realizes that Adam is speaking the truth. He really does not know what they are talking about. Adam asks for their help, and between Eternity and Infinity, they are able to fix his mind. With everything now clear, Adam is able to explain to them. He tells them what had happened in the first Thanos graphic novel, The Infinity Relativity, how the Adam and Thanos from our universe became involved with him and the Thanos from his universe, and the result was the death of our Adam and his Thanos, as well as his entire reality. But his reality wasn't destroyed. Instead, it was compressed into one form, his. And if you want more of a description than that, you need to go back and listen to episodes 14 through 16, 18, and 20. As Adam explains to them, he is everything and anything that his reality was. He is as powerful as all of them put together. And now that he has let them know what's what, he asks what they want. They explain that one reality cannot exist inside the other and want him to leave. But they cannot answer when he asks them where he would go. He thanks them for their help, but tells them he will figure it out for himself. This does not go over well, and they move in to either force him to leave or destroy him. However, Adam proves that he really is more powerful than all of them put together and sends him away with a wave of his hand. Heading back to normal space, Adam experiments with his power, both physical and mental. He notices that he only knows almost everything. There is something involving Annihilus that is hazy to him. He heads to Annihilus' home planet, invisible to all of course, to investigate and is stunned when he actually sees Annihilus. Annihilus has changed, and not just by getting larger though he is. But he's evolving, changing his place in the universe, turning into another astral outsider like Adam and Thanos are. But he's even more dangerous than Thanos because his madness is uncontrolled. But that is not all. Adam can tell that Annihilus is not the mastermind behind these changes. There's someone else behind it, behind the scenes, someone more ancient and devious. He heads down to the bowels of Annihilus' capital building and finds Dr. Boltar waiting for him. In
1: 2011, the irredeemable Shag and Aqua Rob Kelly teamed up to create the Fire and Water Podcast. In 2016, they teamed up with Ryan Daly, the Franklins, and Siskoid to form the Fire and Water Podcast Network. A network built on teaming up needs a show about team-ups. Marvel Team-Up. Yes. The Brave and the Bold? You know it. Marvel 2-in-1. It's clobberin' time. DC Comics Presents? Of course. Supervillain Team-Up? Good idea. Youngblood X-Force?
2: Mmm, technically.
1: FW Team-Up. Coming this summer only from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. We are back. Yes. Issue three. Issue three. Titled answers? Answers with a question mark or in yeah. my mind, in my mind, I kept thinking answers or Adam Warlock and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day,
2: <laughs> which
1: <laughs> let's face it through the first three issues of the Infinity uh, Entity podca- uh, podcast, Infinity Entity miniseries here. Uh, Adam Warlock is having a really weird day.
0: Yeah, and he is tired of it because we start out there. It's a it's a beautiful full page of Adam, and he's doing the finger shaking thing. It looks like
1: almost. yeah, I know, he's got his finger up in the air. His eyes are glowing red, so you know that he is not chill and sanguine. And when last we left our intrepid uh, amnesiac uh, cosmic entity dude. Here he was being confronted by the entire pantheon of the higher beings of reality, whatever they're known as in the Marvel, uh, uh yeah, mythology. All, the abst- all the abstract entities, right? Like the entire pantheon of them, and Eternity himself is pointing his big, fat, eternal black and white finger at adam and telling him and asking him why is he about to destroy reality so now we rejoin and adam is obviously not taking this uh lightly and uh it's it's just a fantastic divinities of incalculable might your accusations bewilder it's <laughs> that's such a uh unusual and like great line of dialogue i think i'm going to say that next time someone says that you know ask me next time uh, the empress asks me like why have i not folded my clothes and put them away i shall say your accusations bewilder <laughs> by the way and maybe it's just because we were talking about it a minute ago but when you said that line i read
0: that with a, i kind of heard that with a bit of adam west in there <laughs> and now i'm just picturing adam west doing you know voicing adam warlock <laughs> divinities of incalculable might your
1: accusations bewilder <laughs> but that yeah, was a little more shatner than west yes but right time period so uh, that works too yeah we'll go with it i'm good either way yes yeah, so and, uh he's like basically i am like what are you talking about you crazy like i just i came to you for help and you're sticking your big old finger in my face and 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 a touch of empathy not confrontation my god <laughs> And Eternity responds like Beavis
0: when he's being Cornholio. Are you mocking me? <laughs> <laughs> I and love
1: with- I love that because he's just like he's just like like and to, uh, Eternity is such a is such a guy. He's such a man because he goes instantly to like he's one of two options. Either you're making fun of me, or you're playing some sort of game. The obviously feminine, obviously feminine. Wah, 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 um, infinity needs to tell him no no adam is not trying to deceive us um he's speaking like without guile without deception without deceit he means it
0: yeah for some yeah for someone who's supposed to be the eternity the eternity who actually is supposed
1: to be the
0: universe he really has no chill
1: no it's 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 true it kind of in a way if you want to get super super uh if you want to read super super into it the fact that eternity the anthropo- anthropomorphology, anthrop anthropomorphology mm. uh the, the downside of drinking uh, uh three fingers of bourbon before uh undertaking to podcast with my friend Al uh, the uh the anthrop- anthropomorphification of the entire universe is, you know, kind of a bit of a spaz. Explains a lot about life, doesn't it? It's eh, true. Yeah, because
0: he's always a bit of a spaz. Yeah. But speaking of <laughs> which, we have a beautiful double-page spread now showing yes. all of them. Yes. We got, well, starting from, I guess we'll start from the right, work our way back. We got Love and Hate. Yep. Chaos and Order. Yep. We got Little Adam right there in the middle. Uh, eon or platform i keep on to say eon i think it's epic but i have no idea if maybe they brought eon back because as far as i knew eon died during quasar
1: Re- well yeah, and his
0: child epoch was born but i mean okay they could he looked very much like him just a baby version so he could just be the same one you know could, they just draw the same one and it doesn't matter
1: I, I will forever think of it as eon i'm looking at it and i'm thinking eon so
0: yeah
1: uh we got the stranger mm-hmm. we have- death we have in eternity and infinity we got a watcher a watcher we don't is could it be uatu our watcher or are we just supposed to accept that it is just a watcher
0: there's gonna be a watcher here no matter what so it mm-hmm. doesn't really matter which one
1: and but it could be uatu since it is adam is an earth creature so that could be why and we have a, a, a an interesting, so I was going to say, and then we have a celestial, but then I noticed like in, like seen through in between the celestial's legs, we have a, a, a black and white figure that I guess could be the in-betweener. But he looks, I keep wanting to think he looks very much like the Beyonder. I was, but I was about to say, but he's styled very much like a Beyonder. So yeah. I don't know what to make of that figure that we're seeing back there. Is that supposed to be something or is that just Alan Davis's interpretation um that is both of those are good i I don't think no no it's not just alan davis's interpretation because didn't we already see the in-betweener in this mini-series and he was in his traditional like sort of karate gi and hairless form Uh,
0: perhaps
1: so now if we're looking at if we're looking at um a dude wearing you know like uh, very much who looks like to me from this shot, like A, he has hair, and B, he's wearing one of them badass 1970s uh, Wonder Man leather coats uh, with a belt. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the style is officially called, but uh, they they look cool nonetheless. Um,
0: okay, I had to grab my
1: issues. So okay. issue one does have the in betweener looking like his original
0: version, correct? Right, right. He shows up in the last page. And I'm skimming through two real quick here. He's still in his normal bald, like you said, karate look. Right. Adam destroyed the Inbetweener. Found Thanos' body. Blah blah blah. Found the dead. Galactus finding death all over. Destroyed Earth. We see that scene that we saw, we talked about, was from the end of the Thanos annual. Right, 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 exactly. And then we see the blight, the bright white. And then yes, that's what, and that's here. The last two few pages of this is where we see that version of the in betweener. So yeah, there is a difference to him. So I wonder what that is.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. That's probably coming in some way, shape, or form from Starlin as opposed to Alan Davis. But uh,
0: the question is, because it doesn't come here. So the question is, will it come in four or in the hard in the graphic novel? Um, time will tell. Because I mean, think about it. When he did that Thanos annual and show that ending scene you then read the Thanos first Hulk miniseries mm-hmm. and then you read the first hardcover and then the second hardcover and now this and this is where we finally touch back on that
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't realize at first when I read it how long-term this story is I mean how much is involved with it right you know you got that right. like I said all those things you go from the annual to Thanos first Hulk mini to the first hardcover second hardcover this mini and then the last hardcover, so you know there's some long term plans here. So yeah, it's possible we'll see it. I'm hoping we'll see it in one of these.
1: That is one of the that is one of the great appeals of. I mean, even going back to the '70s and the old issues that we used to do of um, what I call the Starlin verse, even when they were clearly not either because he wasn't given the 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 time or resources that he needed to do it or because just the way of working at that time in comic book history didn't necessarily lend itself to something of that sort that we would expect today but either way even those old issues of you know going back to iron man number 55 but then captain marvel and warlock and all of that they do give you some sort of sense of large long-term epic scale planning in the presentation of a, a world and a narrative. And honestly, I have to, I have to ask, you know, was anything in comic dumb, mainstream comic dumb, especially speak, you know, meaning Marvel and DC. Um, was there anything like prior to the, the seventies uh, prior to the eighties or whatever, where we got like, Something like a large, interconnected um, narrative of that nature on that scale, even if it wasn't intentional or as tightly crafted as he gave us the sense that it was. I don't know. I don't think so. Right. No, I don't either, which I think is one of the huge appeals of Jim Starlin's work and this weird little pocket universe that Marvel clearly gave him to play with. But and so here he is 30, 40 years later, and he's just basically still at it. Yeah. (laughs) And and I'm I'm, for this. I'm 100 percent here for this.
0: (laughs) Because I must say, out of the different versions of storytelling, I mean, there's, of course, the complete single issue. Like you do one issue and then you do the next one and you doesn't matter which one you read.
1: Right. Exactly. And the best you you can hope for in terms of anything longer term is when uh, a villain comes back.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, there's the long term storytelling of. We're doing this story and everything goes towards us. So it's part one. Usually it's like, usually it's part one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This is the kind of storytelling I like. Individual stories, but they all are part of the ongoing. Yeah, So it's not so much that they're part one, two, three, four, but, you know, especially when you get towards the part where they're starting to do the climax of it now, you realize how much that stuff
1: kind of ties in. Correct. Correct. It's, it's, it's in a way, it is the way that, uh, television, uh, narratives have become, uh, pretty much ever since, I guess, uh, uh, the X-Files or Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the nineties, uh, where you get an individual weekly episode that may be self-contained to a certain extent, but will also further a season long or series long arc. Yeah.
0: Although and that's fine. Right. Go
1: on. And no, and I'm just saying, and that's become the standard in television and, And I like in TV, like, because you think back, it's like, yes, we had a massive long term storytelling feel from Claremont's uh, 15 years or whatever on the X-Men. But the flip side of that is that always felt a little more episodic, like while he eventually turned it into this great interconnected web of references and plot points and stories, um, it doesn't feel feel the way Starlin's does that, that there is a grand design. This more feels just like he's willing to let whatever develops, develop fully and move on, you know? Yeah. But Yeah. So I am all here for this. Yeah. That's kind of exactly the point. So, but anyway, so yeah.
0: So like you said, infinity is the one who's as sense and she's like, uh, no, he's not screwing around. He actually, he's actually doesn't know what we're talking about. Right. There's something wrong here. And Adam is Adam's being logical here, too. He's like, uh, could you help me with this? Is mm-hmm. this something you can do? We all obviously I don't like the fact that I don't have my memory. You guys seem to think there's a problem. So let's I'm willing to work with you. And I guess maybe it's because Infinity's there and attorney attorney all of a sudden gets calms down. He's
1: like, right. Yeah, we could deal with this. Yeah, no, he's very reasonable thereafter. So good, good, good for this uh, turn of events. Yeah, um, his sister so, calms him down. <laughs> right, and so they blast him with uh, phlebotanum energy. Yes. And I just need to point out that this is yet another appearance of the uh, infamous trademark Alan Davis hand. Mm-hmm. Um, Infinity has that classic Alan Davis hand outstretched, but ring and middle fingers together thing that is kind of his visual signature. Oh, yeah. but
0: eternities are separate but yeah you can see infinities are like almost it's almost like doing night crawl it's almost like night crawlers
1: right and and his like excalibur um avengers prime like there are so many great alan davis uh, uh marvel works that i've that i've seen and he does that that hand everywhere
0: I haven't noticed that now I'm going to now watch now I'm going to be reading things I'm like oh there it is again
1: there it yeah. is again yes yeah, seriously as you move forward and you read anything drawn by Alan Davis and it's not a knock uh, he is legit one of my three or four favorite comic book artists of all time but it's like so I'm not knocking him by saying it I'm just saying it's definitely I'm curious if that is a thing that he does consciously or if it's a a visual tick or what have you yeah hmm. that's a good question yeah, now you will not, you will never, you will never stop noticing the Alan Davis hands now. Yeah, but it works because Adam now note remembers everything. He that knows was all, was, he sees all, he
0: remembers
1: all.
0: That which was, is, and shall be, are again set in order. Oh, wait, sorry, yeah. no.
1: Yeah, no. I, yeah, you no almost I, said yeah. I said
0: it wrong. I said it wrong. I said it should be, that which was, is, and shall be, are again set in order.
1: Mm-hmm all is again as it should be memory seizes its confusing tarantella i remember everything and now he's like okay so explanation time now that's great though because as it turns out he's off he's about he's sort of offering an explanation but the way his eyes flash and we get this close-up on his eyes and of course adam has one of the least fun faces in all of marvel history the man never laughs He has like zero joy or sense of humor in him. So he's like glaring at them. And so it's hilarious to me because he says, I believe an explanation is in order. It sounds like he's demanding one from them. And I'm like, wait a minute, Adam, they don't know anything. (laughs) Oh, oh, I see. I see. This actually makes me think of I'm thinking of like William Powell in the
0: Thin Man movies. It's like this is at the end part now. where He has them all around the dinner table. He's going to explain everything to everybody. He's like, "Okay, this is what happened.
1: I guess I I bet you're wondering why I've called you all here tonight.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, now I know it's okay. Here we go. Let me tell you a story. <sighs> so he basically gives them the uh, quick synopsis of the first graphic novel,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: where the Thanos and him of his reality got sense got uh, mixed up with the Thanos and Adam of our reality, and the end result was our bad thanos,
1: the yeah, end result was bad
0: yeah, and, but end result was yeah our Adam is dead his that and his thanos and his entire universe they thought was just dead and he lived but in reality it was um they thought his reality had been destroyed but the it was mistaken his reality was condensed into his own form i am now all that once was of my reality which is what thanos realized in the last story the one against right.
1: nihilus. It's an interesting artistic effect that uh, Alan Davis has achieved here. I just want to point it out, and I'm not sure. It's, I think it's it's a bunch of subtle little things, the facial expressions, the fact that Adam in the bottom of this page appears to be, um, when he says, I am now all that was once was of my reality, he's elevated a little more than he was earlier in this confrontation. But if you go back a couple of pages to, um, uh, I guess it's page four of the issue, um you get the sense of him being crowded by or, or menaced or threatened by these this this crowd of beings like they're crowding in around him. And, and now it's like they're
0: spreading so, to they're, him they're, and they're then backing up a bit.
1: Right, and a couple of now we're a couple of pages later, and he's again because of like these subtle little visual changes, like their facial expressions, like now it's more of a sense of he they, they're gathered round and he's telling them a tale of what's going on, and and they're his like sort of gathered audience, and it's an interesting art, visual storytelling effect uh, in addition to what the dialogue is giving us in terms of story. But yeah, he, so he tells them, I am now all and everything. The term supreme comes to mind. And he's like basically starting to power trip. And now you're starting to get the sense, well, you thought everything was peaceful and the, 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 the potential strife has blown over only now it appears as was kind of foreshadowed on page one of the issue when he was like gesturing angrily at angrily at them with the glowing red eyes well here his eyes are glowing orange and if possible even more menacing and he's holding uh eternity in one hand and infinity in the other and think about that both literally in terms of the comic story that we're taking in And metaphorically, as he rants about being all and everything and supreme, and it's like, uh oh, uh oh, this extremely powerful being starting to power trip. This can't end well. Yeah, so he's
0: like, So, what do you want from me? And well, they're like, Uh, two realities cannot survive on the same plane of existence. So it's like, doesn't matter what you do, the fact that you're in our reality means you're going to destroy our reality.
1: And it's interesting, in a way, I thought it was, um, have you read The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl?
0: Some of it, yes.
1: Okay, so you're familiar with their uh, um, practice of putting funny little Ryan North gags jokes at the bottom of every page in text? Yes. I thought we had something like that going on here, but as it turns out, I'm thinking it's more of just a sort of subtle cross-promotional uh, yes. thing at the very bottom in green text, which I only just noticed where it says vote Loki 2016 lies you can believe in. Well,
0: because there was a Loki, a vote Loki miniseries.
1: Was that around this time? Oh, God, has I'm it been that sure. long since then? Jeez. Yep.
0: Well, think about it. It
1: was 2016. There was yeah. an election. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. So now he's power tripping. Um, I'm starting to get scared of him now instead of scared for him like I was when the issue began.
0: Yeah, but he has a good question, though. They tell him, like, you know, look, to, to stop everything we destroyed, you have to leave our reality. And he goes, and go where?
1: Yeah. And they're like. Uh, and it's like a, a, a beat, like a beat. There's like a, a panel of silence. And then uh, and then he goes, yeah, that's pretty. He says that is as I thought. But it's pretty much, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. He's like, your perceptions are limited by your individuality i love that like he's saying that to the like cosmic embodiments of the cosmos yeah and i like this thank you
0: for your assistance and helping me figure this out you know that me you know resolve what was wrong with me i'm gonna i could figure this out don't worry it's all good i got it i'm gonna deal this in my own manner have
1: a good day and he starts to walk away right and and eternity loses his Eternity's like I will deal with it. when Adam says I will deal with this in my own manner and fashion. And Eternity's like, which is how? Like, <laughs> it's just he loses his mind. That's fantastic, you know. And 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 like at this point, Adam is actually like you can tell he's consciously like he still has that elevated diction, but he's consciously being snarky now. He goes, oh God! Specifics yes. Specifics are yet to be determined.
0: <laughs> no, he's very much pulling right here like a Brainiac Five or Vrill Dox from Legion. He's very much bringing that. I am smarter than all of you, so quit questioning me. Mm-hmm. I
1: love it. Yeah, and then after all of that elevated diction, because you know, understandably, the cosmic embodiments are a little—they uh, are none too pleased with this uh, particular turn of events oh, or this threat. particular. Right. So they, so now they're starting to, the body language is more menacing as it was before. And, and eternity's basically gives him an ultimatum. He's like, look, you got two choices here, dude, either you self-destruct or, and then eternity, uh, infinity finishes for him. We shall terminate your existence here and now. And the, after all of that elevated diction, it, this makes it so effective when Adam literally smirks yeah. and says, really? oh good moment good moment completely earned well earned
0: and then with a cosmic backhand yeah he just just slots
1: them all away be gone he says while at the same time he's opening up a tear i'm guessing back into back back to to reality reality. Oop, there goes gravity wait what was that what was that line The, the brave little tailor
0: 12 with one blow
1: yeah yeah they are just, I, i'm wondering if that's a deliberate reference in like this or they are like unto flies to this supreme adam
0: yeah he just just waves his hand and they all
1: fly away i love the facial expressions too like the looks of shocks on the face especially order and chaos just look like they're suffering but like love and infinity they just look absolutely like shocked like their their mouths are gaping open in surprise that's eternity like eternity too. eon yeah. however impassive as ever
0: <laughs> eon or epoch whatever it is the first thing that comes to my mind is the whale from hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy
1: <laughs>
0: oh no oh no not again <laughs>
1: The reasons that it, that this was in fact its thought
0: <laughs> remain a mystery, yes. but that's what it looks like. But yeah, he's ripped open a hole back to the because well, I guess you really can't have eternity in reality,
1: right? So, because it is eternity, so he can't be standing in himself. So, so he Adam, gets back to right. So he gets back to our uh, to to reality to the universe as we know it, and uh, he's still power tripping like he's mm-hmm. still like aha yes to conceive is to realize and you, evil it, laugh is not written out here but you can kind of read between the lines and get one
0: now did he create all of this and he just is in front of him because we have a whole bunch of planets and suns and there's like a line of suns
1: or, or, i am not like it's hard to tell especially when you get like into the weird cosmic of the marvel universe as initially you know when, once you're in Kirby Ditkoville as I like to think of these far-flung like I I think of it, I thought of it that way when I was recently I was uh starting to read the early issues of the Walt Simonson run on Thor okay and you know a lot of that takes place uh far from the fields we know as he put it and it's like all these like way out you know because he's eventually goes out there and he sees he meets beta ray bill but um it's all these like far flung and that was the first time i i really started to think of this particular part of the universe of this particular manifestation of the of space as kirby ditko bill um and because kirby ditko bill can get really really weird i do not know if he's actually creating stuff or if he's just like haha, i want to be somewhere and i am there you know if he's just sort of traveling but, almost because also, also what he says is yes to conceive
0: is to realize right right and so i'm like wondering like is he making these things happen whether he's creating them or could just controlling the things that exist already in the universe right
1: i think i think it's more of a case of just where i want to be there i am very mm. buckaroo Banzai. but and, either
0: way yeah he is, is power tripping
1: right no he's capable of perceiving all things within the universe wow starlin you went right back to cosmic awareness yep <sighs> no secrets remain hidden from me except,
0: except and mm-hmm. then he's getting back to a little bit back a little bit back to normal
1: right and now there's just something tell, he doesn't know and right something is here and he has some sense for some reason that Annihilus is part of it and now you can sort of smell that we're starting to loop back around like we we tied in the infinity um revelation yes right <laughs> we tied in the infinity relativity and we tied in the thanos annual and the thanos versus hulk series, and now we're gonna start to tie in like and we're gonna all loop right back to where we started from and we did as you will recall last episode that you and i did together when we talked about issue two of the infinity entity we surmised that this was something that was going on almost in his mind like because the last we saw his physical form he had been physically defeated by a and he Not had true. been taken into the custody of dr uh bolt bolbar bulgar boldar baltar. baltar and and we presumed that boltar was doing things to him torture, mind scanning type things so this was so we 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 sort of surmised that all of this was going on in that sort of setting and now we're starting to loop right back to that Annihilus, Blastar, Doctor, Boltar sort of thing and you yep. can really start to smell it here.
0: Well, because especially coming up in the next few pages, we had said there's got to be something going on with Boltar. He is not just a lackey. There oh is yeah. Some, yeah. There yeah, is something else that. going on with him and we're going to get to that in a minute. But yeah, so he's like, okay, so we faced Annihilus, Thanos and I, and there was an issue and Annihilus brought his planet into the regular universe from the, the
1: negative. Zone. Yes, the positive. Has that ever been called, has it ever been called the positive before? Or is this just uh Adam trying to be a nerd and failing? I don't know. It might, it might have been. This might be something from annihilation, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it made sense if it's the negative zone, then therefore this is the positive zone. Well, except for Thanos, he's not very positive. And he transformed his world into a weapon of mass of cosmic destruction. And so he teleports himself invisibly mm-hmm. to
0: the Nihilus' planet, and we see bug soldiers all over, and there's Blastar.
1: Mm-hmm. And he presumes, and he presumes okay, Annihilus has to be around here somewhere because Nihilus' is second-in-command isn't going to be that far from him. And that says more about Annihilus than it does about Blastar, I think.
0: Yeah. And then there is Annihilus, which actually shocks him for a bit because he just sees Annihilus's foot, giant foot next to him.
1: Right. Annihilus has grown. Annihilus has his, his, um, there's a, you know what? Uh, the, 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 the meme go, this isn't even my final form. It's yes, like, he's,
0: from uh, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah,
1: right. Exactly. Like Annihilus has clearly leveled up some, oh, yeah. since but last as, we saw him.
0: But as he says, more than merely analysis, height and mass have changed. He is evolving. Mm-hmm. It says his place in the universe is altering. Annihilus is becoming a being much like Thanos and myself.
1: Oh, that's almost too awful to contemplate. Like, two of them is enough. A third one, especially if that third one is Annihilus, Oh, Yeah.
0: But I like this, though. So he says, he is morphing into another astral outsider. But unlike the Titan, the madness which festers within him is uncontrolled.
1: This cannot be allowed to occur. Ah, so he has a purpose now. He's superheroing again.
0: But I like that. Like, I like how he puts up, like the difference between annihilus and Thanos. Like Annihilus is just like unchecked madness.
1: Mm-hmm. Thanos
0: mm-hmm. is mad, but his madness generally has a has a purpose. Usually I love you death, <laughs> but you know it has a purpose. It has a right. focus.
1: Right. No, agree.
0: Annihilus is just like kill everybody.
1: So now he stomps into Annihilus's palace, still invisibly, and um, all the time ruminating on. He knows someone else is even more responsible for all this. Someone else is pulling the strings, and he's and and he knows like somehow it's funny because it it's sort of made apparent that he doesn't know specifically who it is, and yet he knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that this person is. Devious that he uh seeks revenge against an ungrateful universe he believes has failed to exhibit the respect he feels due. He is driven by countless schemes gone wrong, uncaring of the millions who have already died because of his bruised ego. like he is a pretty comprehensive psychological profile of someone that apparently he doesn't even know the identity of. Yet. And the
0: part I find interesting, this one is far more ancient than
1: the bug king yeah that that's interesting that is definitely an interesting um wrinkle in all of this and it's just funny though because he's still like like adam definitely feels in control of the situation he's like it's cute how he's trying to hide from me (laughs) yeah and so he's he finally finds where the person is which if we remember is basically looks like the room
0: adam was put
1: in yeah like i said we are looping all the way back to the end of the infinity relativity
0: yeah, manipulator and deceiver. Show yourself and face the consequences of your mad schemes. And we got pleasant-looking Dr. Voltar.
1: Yeah, She's he's all there smiling.
0: With his little, like, looks like his little tricorder tapping into it.
1: And he's like, and, I've been waiting for you. Please come in. I have a story to tell you. Yeah. Like, and, oh.
0: I, was and like, I, oh, I was so excited when I got to I'm like, I knew it!
1: Yeah, no, it was a very satisfying uh, uh, cliffhanger ending to this uh, particular issue. Um, it's definitely a very uh, like I'm. I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. I can't wait to read issue four, which I haven't yet. Interestingly, I'm exhibiting some self-control.
0: Oh, me too. I'm waiting until I was waiting until at least we did this. I
1: don't want to record this knowing what was going to happen. Right. So, um, so that's pretty cool. But I think the other thing that's cool is we've gone from like in the the three issues of infinity entity that we've done so far, it is interesting to me that we've gone from an atom who was completely without memory, but had power, right? Yeah. And he had power and control over the situation and over his surroundings. So even though he doesn't know where he is or who he is or what he's there for, like he encounters the Avengers, he handles them. He encounters the cosmic pantheon. He handles them. Adam has pretty much been in control of the situation, uh, physically if not uh, mentally, up until this point. But really, you really get the sense now that the conclusion, that the fourth and concluding issue of this miniseries, because it was it was four issues, right? Not six. Yes, four. Yeah. So so we've got the fourth and final issue of this miniseries coming up, and you really get the sense that we are embarking upon a a finale, a conclusion to this particular chapter of the story that is going to be super interesting because it is a meeting of equals it's like adam might not be in complete control of the situation dr boltar thinks he's in control of the situation he might be right especially given what the reality of all this could be as you and i were theorizing um last episode the so after all of this sort of episodic wandering around and, and throwing tantrums and, you know, all of this. Uh, we are now set up for a super interesting conclusion to this tale, and I am ready for it.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, it, like you said, it's interesting. He was in control, even though he didn't know what was going on or even what he had been doing or barely knew who he was. He was still pretty much in control. And now that he has full knowledge of who he is, and what he is and what he can do. Mm-hmm. And so basically, it's. He's as much. He's as powerful, if not more so, than when he was when he had the Infinity Gauntlet. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the Infinity Gauntlet, if you remember after the Infinity Gauntlet miniseries, when he had the Gauntlet, it was still kind of under the rule of the Living Tribunal. Mm. Like, when I remember the Living Tribunal was like, I can make you get rid of this. I'm telling you, you have to. You know, that's why he gave up the gems. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he still was not. The end-all, be-all of everything, and yet now he basically is, because I mean, really, the Living Tribunal can't order him to do things, because he's not technically of that reality.
1: Right, he is
0: a completely other reality. And if, if that's the case, he has a Living Tribunal in him, so like he has the power of the Living Tribunal, plus eternity, plus infinity, plus etc., etc., etc.
1: And that is an additional complicating wrinkle in all of this, is while Boltar clearly believes he's in control of the situation, and we have two very clearly very powerful individuals about to have a meeting of equals as it appears, at the same time, although Adam was kind of all, you know, screw your rules, you're not my real parents kind of thing, I don't think the cosmic pantheon was entirely wrong when they said, you are a complete reality. You cannot just walk around existing inside another reality that's like cosmologically not feasible so um that is another complicating wrinkle that could come into play as we uh reach the uh end of all this
0: but i was just thinking is the fact that even now with adam having all his memory and of knowing what he is he still looks very surprised there yeah he doesn't he looks off center he does not look in control anymore Right, right. Which the, is kind the of revealed... interesting that he has every he has all that now for him, and now he has everything going for him. He has seems to be less in control than he was before.
1: Yeah, he can still be put back on his heels, and it'll be interesting to see what this winds up, um, what the what the dynamic between the two winds up being.
0: Now, of course, the question is, who is Doctor Boltar? and is that his real name or appearance?
1: If that is in fact your real name,
0: now of. There is, of course, and I'm not saying I'm going to have a problem with it if it is, but there's, of course, the obvious, at least at least I'm thinking right now, the obvious answer of who that is. And it would work with everything they said of that saying you are going to be the cause of the destruction.
1: Mm mm-hmm. hmm. Hmm. Um,
0: I'm thinking purple. I'm mm-hmm. thinking silver afro.
1: Mm. Hmm. 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 Hmm.
0: Hmm. Which would, could put Adam, then could be, like you said, a meeting of equals, because if it is that person, then, well, that is him, in
1: which case yeah. he might
0: have the exact same power he does.
1: There is, yeah, I'm going, well, I'm obviously, I'm not going to, you know, conjecture too, too hard here, because, uh, well, we'll all find out next episode, so yes. I figure I'm I'm content to bide my time and come to it like and let it let it wash over me when it happens
0: well oh yeah now i'm not going to conjecture more than that it just popped to my head all of a sudden that does kind of fit a bit yeah yeah but we will see if that's true or not because the downside of that of course is if that is who it is then how
1: is he able to be walking around the universe with no one having an issue right well you know and i think i like i said the fact that hmm. this is a different atom with a very different nature um is also a, a complication yeah but we will see what happens next episode indeed
2: my name is bob fisher And I'm the host of the Superman Forever Radio Podcast. On the Superman Forever Radio Podcast, I talk about Superman from 1938 to present day. And in 2018, we celebrate the 80th anniversary of the Man of Steel's first appearance in action comics with a full year of new episodes, more episodes, plus new features like The Adventures of Superman When He Was a Boy. Superboy is coming to the Superman Forever Radio Podcast. Also, the Superman Forever Roundtable Discussion Group, where I gather together some of the best Superman podcasters around, and we talk Superman. So if you want to know why I've been a Superman fan for over 60 years, point your favorite podcatcher to the Superman Forever Radio Podcast at SupermanForever.com.
0: And now it's time for our Friends and Enemies segment. And just in case this is your first episode or, you know, you've come from an altered dimension and you got stuck there and lost your memory. In the Friends and Enemies segment, uh, what we do is well, Adam and Thanos don't always have their own series. So we're always talking about other books. So what we do in this segment is we see where the cover date was of the main issue we talked about this time, which was Infinity Entity number three. And we see what other books had that same cover date. A slight difference this time, since Infinity Entity is a weekly miniseries, we are only going to talk about the books that came out that actual week, which is March 23rd, 2016. And of course, I am not doing this by myself, because where's the fun in that? So with me today from Bitches on Comics is Essie Fleenor. How you doing, Essie?
3: I am great, thank you so much for having me.
0: Ah, thank you for being on. Like I said, Essie's from Bitches on Comics, and when we get to the end of this, we are going to hear a bit more about that and why you should listen.
3: Yeah, we have fun. Spoiler.
0: That's a good reason. (laughs) You're going to tell people it's boring. Yeah, I'm like, like,
3: it's terrible. Don't tune in. Uh, No, please tune in. We're great. Take
0: a marketing class. Take a marketing class.
3: (laughs) This isn't a marketing class? Like, I thought Uh, that's what I was doing. Oh, no.
0: Oh, yeah. I I should stop lying about these things. Get people on. (laughs) But it's easier than, you know, shrinking them and dragging them back here.
3: Yes. Yes, less illegal as well.
0: Yeah, plus you're in another state, so there's that whole crossing state line thing. So yeah,
3: it does modern. make it like, a, yeah, you want that's like you know, that's that's a federal case. You don't want to go that far.
0: I don't want to do that again. Oh boy, <laughs>
3: <laughs> what a weird podcast that would be. <laughs> that
0: could be fun. <laughs> hmm. For
3: who?
0: For who to do who kidnap? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Which of my friends would not? hate me forever, or sue me.
0: <laughs> Who could use a break?
3: <laughs> you, Larkin. like, actually have a sign-up. People are like, um, yeah, could you please? I could really use some time away from my life. Well, that would I mean,
0: work. It's like, anywhere in the Northeast, you know, once it gets, like, November, December, all i have probably some volunteers.
3: I think you will. I think you will. <laughs> a whole different plan for being a snowbird. <laughs> <laughs> I love that.
0: All right. Well, we'll get back to our kidnapping list later. Let's just books people. So first of all, we have out all new, all different Avengers number seven. It did not have a title for this story, which I love so much. I do that <laughs> by Mark Wade and Adam Kubert. Cover by Alex Ross. A standoff tie-in: the all new, all different Avengers versus the Uncanny Avengers. Why? How?
3: Great summary. Why? How? Yeah, pretty much they go how I felt. <laughs> I think that's for
0: comics. I think that's a summary for every issue of the Invisibles. Uh,
3: wh- why? How? Also, how? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm going to start asking that in every comic I read. Why? How? Uh,
0: it's perfect. <laughs> I. I there you have to tell me when you actually find one that it does not is not appropriate for.
3: I will I will, I will find you on Twitter. Don't worry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, so we got Alex Ross cover. So this is a beautiful cover of the poll. Both teams doing the classic running at each other, each one facing off against a single opponent.
3: Yeah, it's beautiful. I really I actually really like these kinds of covers. I think they're so fun, and I love that the way that like the. Um, the motion is in, is, is uh, communicated through it. And, you know, you see Quicksilver and then Miss Marvel's got her big giant fist and she's going to punch Rogue. And uh, I love it.
0: And a little detail. Quicksilver's run through the Vision because
3: mm-hmm. he's
0: technically on the other side. And so it's Quicksilver's because he ran right through him. Like, that's yes, awesome. Yes.
3: Yes. Love that. Love Deadpool shooting Iron Man. What's not to love about that? <laughs> I always live in Deadpools and things like this because I'm like... Ah, oh, this, this shouldn't be here. <laughs> it's like, what
1: are you doing here?
3: <laughs> I mean, well, I love Deadpool, as you may know. <laughs> yes. Like, no, get out of there. That is not where
0: you belong. <laughs> to be fair, that's a weird team anyway. It's a very... You know what? Good point. It is an extremely strange team. We got the Human Torch and Deadpool. This is yeah. uncanny. Anyone who hasn't read these books, we're talking about the team of Uncanny Avengers. But yeah, you got Human Torch, you got Brother Voodoo... Deadpool, Rogue, Quicksilver, and they're not in the cover, but I know Cable's part of it, too. Right. It's like, what? <laughs> why? It's like, who's yeah, not doing how? something? Let's form a team. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who's, who's, I, who's when, free?
3: I love when, like, the, the Torch is like, I'm going to quote my friend Ben Grimm. It's clobbering time. You're just like, wh- why? I don't understand how that really applies at this moment.
0: Because he never gets what? to say it otherwise. Okay. <laughs> it's a, tagline. He's not allowed to say that when the Fantastic Four <laughs> is This It's time to stretch himself.
3: It's like, this is my time, finally.
0: I get to say it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, may- maybe you like It's Clabber Time. I don't think it's a bad catchphrase, but I wouldn't consider it, like, the best of all time. But for the Fantastic Four, it is the best. So It's not enough. the
0: best of all time, but because of the th- how long, it is classic. Because mm-hmm. you know, it is Ben Grimm like you just hear that you know who's showing up yeah I mean all they would have to do if whatever they want to introduce them in the movies if they just brought him into another movie if you just heard that coming from off screen you're like I know who that is
3: oh I love that yeah I it, you know what I, I retract my prior statement it's iconic I take it back yeah. you are it correct might, it, is, it might be the
0: best one or your favorite but it is iconic. True,
3: true. Yeah, it, it is a it is a true classic. I kind of and I do like cheesy shit, so yeah. You yeah. know what? I change my mind. I like it.
0: <laughs> I read. I, I remember reading. I don't know how much of this series you've read before or not, or is it just the issue?
3: I think I've just read this issue.
0: Yeah, I've read up until because this book ends during Civil War Two. I haven't read those issues. I just read up to that. So this is part of that whole this the start of that whole standoff storyline where apparently Shield got part of the Cosmic Cube and was made a whole town where people didn't know who they were and it was all captured supervillains.
3: Yeah, I love it. I think that that is such a funny premise. <laughs> I just like the idea of putting people in a town and being like, you don't know who you are anymore. Yeah. Good luck. But, this should not go bad ever in oh, any way. Of course
0: not. <laughs> it's scary and yet kind of cute. It's like, oh, look, you're the mailman now, or you make pies.
3: Yeah, especially nope. when you get to the end of this issue, and, and at least for me, like realizing that can I, I can say it like the spoiler, right? Yeah, okay. Okay, just checking. Yeah. Mickey, I guess it's from 2016. I guess people have had a
0: chance to read it. The premise of this show, spo- you know, the stuff's spoiled.
3: Okay, great. Spoil on. I love it. Uh, Yeah, so I love that they're like... I, I It happens in so many genre things where you're like, oh, surprise, you're in a snow globe. I know. Uh, and I loved it. I was like... Classic. I was, like, clapping at home, like, yes, yes, I want them in a snow globe. And that just makes, you know, like, it's like when uh in, in I can't remember what uh, which Deadpool run it is, but it's like a Deadpool story, and the rhino gets shrunken into, like, a little keychain size, and then Deadpool turns him into a keychain, but he's still the rhino, and it's like, oh, I love that kind of stuff. That cracks oh. me up.
0: That is fun. And I do like when they get the, give them the chance to do something else. Again, speaking of it, actually, it actually made me think of it because of the Rhino. There is a Silver Surfer issue as part of Infinity Gauntlet, where because of everything going on, like, everything's going insane, the world's off the axis, and it's going towards an ice age, and he releases all the animals from the Central Park Zoo. Because he's like, I know what it's like to be in a cage, and I don't want them to die in cages. But, of course, some of the animals get killed because they're, you know, people start getting, they start, you know, lions and tigers start mauling people. Right. And mm-hmm. So, like, the Silver Surfer at the end of the issue, Silver Surfer leads him to guard the animals. Like, you stay here and watch them. Like, you make sure they stay safe and they don't bother or hurt anybody. You know, you you're the zookeeper basically. They don't have be in the cage, but you just because you know you're the rhino. What's the lion gonna do to you? Pick him up, <laughs> <laughs> carry him over there if he's in the, if he's causing a problem. He's a big kitty. He's a big kitty cat to you.
3: Yeah, totally. That's that's a great job for a Rhino.
0: But like, I I, 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 li- I like my concept. It's Like, oh like that's cute.
3: That is cute. I like when you take a, a character who's like really, you know, villainized. Certainly does villainous things. Is a villain, right? Rhino is a villain, uh, mm-hmm. and then you give him sort of like a cute little something where you're just like precious. Like Rhino loves Dazzler, so like that to me is like immediately I like I like Rhino. <laughs> I like Rhino because Rhino thinks Dazzler's the greatest thing to have ever happened. And I'm like, you're not wrong. So we can be friends.
0: I love when they do that because I think it's Rhino. I know Juggernaut loves her.
3: Yes.
0: <laughs> I several What's people. not to love? <laughs> How can you not? Yeah, I mean... The disco,
3: the face paint. I I love her when she's in uh, a force. Dazzler, Dazzler's a, a oh, which is the Thor, character. right? Oh, she's such a cute Thor too.
0: I remember that one. That's right. To choose Thor, that was fun. I'm like, oh my god, Dazzler's Thor. Okay, that's cool.
3: Yeah, that was a fun twist. That was like, well played.
0: You, you know your audience. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah. speaking of this one, there's no Dazzler. I I really like the part between Ms. Marvel and uh, Vision.
3: Oh, my the gosh, little,
0: I totally cried. <laughs> that little sweet thing where he's, like, apparently... I just I didn't realize at first who's until I got to, like, a page or two later. I was like, oh, he's the substitute teacher.
3: Right. I'm like, why is this guy being so creepy?
0: <laughs> yeah, like, oh, why is she suspicious. so freaked out? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, did she not do the homework? It's like, why? Because she's at the board, like, trying to do the math problem. It's like, it's, did she not do her homework? I'm like, I'm trying to remember. Like, I read the first Miss Marvel series, but not the second one. Like... Is she, is she like having it was there a big storyline for having issues with her homework because you know running around in costume. Right,
3: right, 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 like, right. You're like no. Like, Yo. For being super smart, like I don't understand why. Like, what could the like is this guy mean to her? Is something untoward happening? Oh no, wait, it's the vision being creepy.
0: <laughs> and he even explains it they, they, very conveniently. Explain, you know, you're concerned about me because of my being used by Kang, you know, recently. It's like, oh, okay, that yeah. tells me why at least. Even if I don't remember because. I don't remember these issues fully, but like, oh, that tells me why.
3: Yeah, I do. I do. I thought that was good. That was smart writing. Um,
0: yeah.
3: I think especially in team ups, it's so smart to do something like that. So people can just be like, all right, cool. I don't need to know the specifics. Like, I'm bought in. But I, I like that they started there. I like that they also started with um, Falcon, now Cap, and uh, Thor, oh, uh, Thor, Mighty oh, yeah. Thor. Yeah. And I, I thought that it was really cool to start with these really intimate moments where, you know, um, he's trying to understand why Lady Thor, Mighty Thor, wants to, like, keep putting on, like, taking on the mantle of Thor if it's making her sick, right? Because she has, she has cancer and she's in chemotherapy. And every time she changes into Thor from Jane Foster, she, it kind of resets her immune system and she has to start over.
0: Yeah, she has to redo all of her chemo and all of her therapy and everything because it just kind of puts her back at square one.
3: Exactly. And so I thought that was like a really cool moment between them where, you know, Cap felt Cap was like, Listen, like we're like I don't like what your your decisions, but if you're on a suicide mission, I'm not gonna let you do that. And that was like a nice I thought it was a nice moment of like I feel like we don't we we get so much compassion there for her, and then to follow that with Miss Marvel and the Vision, and 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 I love that Vision is like I get why you're scared of me. Maybe you should be scared of me. So often I think we don't get a, enough of the aftermath of these things. Um, that's why I love the Rogue and Captain Marvel relationship because they can't. They're, they're like no matter how much they have in common, they cannot be friends because of their no. traumatic backstory. And yeah. I'm like I respect that, and like I respect that Vision's like. Hey, I, I hurt you yes it wasn't me in control of me but like this is the this is what you saw when you were hurt okay
0: I this get is it still what, hap- what actually happened regardless of circumstances I was apparently pro- causing a problem and you feel too new and also probably for her too starstruck to stay too much yes, you know,
3: it's like, I, yes is it my
0: place to say things well he's like yeah you should but here maybe uh-huh. this will make you feel a little better this will make you feel more like one of us
3: that was so cute, and hands her that that visor that's like a, a VR, really, yeah. of like all the cases that have ever happened for the Avengers. So she gets to like that they recorded, and so she gets to go and experience them. I was like, oh my gosh, what yeah. like oh that's really thoughtful. Like, has anyone ever been that nice to a new Avenger? I don't think so.
0: I don't know. Yeah,
3: <laughs> it's usually like, oh hi, you're here. Uh, now we have to fight. Fing, fang, foom. Oh hi, you're here. There's Doctor Doom. You should stop him. Go. You know, it's like I'm thinking well, of I have no context, but sure.
0: I'm thinking of like cuz I listening to John's show like early Avengers like issue 11 where they try and bring Spider-Man onto the team. They're like, "Okay, Spider-Man, we haven't been able to do it, but go get the Hulk." <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, go get the Hulk. That's how you get it. Can I'm Thor No, Thor's been able I'm, to do it. You got to do it.
3: What? I'm Spider-Man. Like I'm the neighborhood. You want me to okay. <laughs> Okay. Oh, man, I love, I love the idea. Like, it's actually, it's it's like, it's easy to look at it and be like, oh, come on, you would do better than that to like orient someone to a new team. And then I look at like everything I've done in my life. and It's like, I've never been given a job description that makes sense for what I have to do. Oh. I've never been trained on a job in my oh. life. I had to like figure it out myself. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know what, I actually kind of get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah, especially it's very, when you're with like a covert organization like Shield, it's like com- compartmentalizing all their information, you know.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it makes perfect sense because I understand that completely. It's like I, half the things that you know, jobs I've had are kind of like they tell me things. I'm like, this has nothing to do with reality, <laughs> so I'm just gonna figure out what it is you need me to do and do the best approximation. Exactly, you'll exactly. You're gonna yell if you don't like it, and you're just gonna accept it if you do. So that's all <laughs> <what> <do. laughs> I love that. That's so but, funny. No, this was this was fun. I mean, this this series doesn't last very. I don't think this team lasts long. I think this is within like 15 issues. This team is over. But I think I think half of them go to the champions anyway. The younger ones.
3: Yeah, I think I that sounds right.
0: Which which is which is good. I mean, I like them in there, but on the other hand, the Avengers should be. I can't see the point of the Avengers being the grown-ups. You know, I can see the point of the, not really having the kids on the team. You know, give the kids their own. I mean, I, I like the bit of a cha- bit of a bit, bit of a change here. Let them interact a bit because that's always fun. Mm. But yeah, the, I like the idea of the kids having their own team and making their own way. And eventually, once you know, like like always happens, whenever they end the kid teams. Half of, the, you know, half of them will go away forever or just be randomly killed in a crossover, and the other half will actually get to be on the real the you know Avengers or X-Men or whatever.
3: Yeah, totally, totally. That's such a good description. Oh, we got too many characters. Let's just kill all of these ones.
0: Think about I mean, like, that happens with new warriors. That's what happened to the generation exactly, X. Exactly.
3: Exactly. Totally. Half, totally.
0: Use the other half, are like, we were gonna kill a bunch of people.
3: <laughs> I love how comics are made. <laughs> we're like Oh shit, I have too many characters in my cast. Murder many of them. That will yeah. solve this. This is this is fine. <laughs> um, I also love like Maria Hill in this issue is um Sarah is like Sarah Sentry is, is the co the other host of Bitches on Comics. She's like a big Maria Hill fan. So like I always like when I see Maria, I'm like, oh, Sarah! And she's not with me. And I don't know why I, I do that, but you know, I love Maria Hill as like the head bitch in charge. Like Everyone get in this Quinjet. We're going to go to this place. I guess we have to go there. I will explain nothing. And so when we get there and you see me on the ground.
0: <laughs> I'm going to start shooting at her.
3: <laughs> it's
0: like, what do you think is
3: going to happen? And then I love the, the philosophy, it seems to me, of the Avengers. is like, fight now. Talk about it later. Like, let's yeah. just fight now. Everyone have the most extreme reaction possible in this scenario, okay? Everybody please freak out. We'll have a big fight, and that will be great. And now we're going to talk about Totally Awesome Hulk number four. The title of the issue is Cho Time, part four. It's by Greg Pak, Frank Cho, and Sonia Obak, and the cover is by Cho and Obak. A very fun cover, yet again. A little bit saucy on this one and oh, yeah. the what's the thing it's uh, in the final showdown with lady hellbender will the hulk find an enemy a frenemy or something more the greatest monster hunt in the marvel universe reaches its shocking conclusion as amadeus learns what it truly means to be the totally awesome hulk i love that that's so funny
0: yeah i've never had a chance to read this series so this was fun
3: So fun. I I also have not read this series. I really liked it. The cover's super cute, right? It's like one of those iconic like Amadeus is chained up and Lady Hellbender is like in his face, about to kiss him. And then in the bottom right corner, She-Hulk is like barf. (laughs) 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 Which is so She-Hulk to me. I was like, oh my god, I love it. Too perfect.
0: Oh, Sweet Hulk is great. I love her in this issue. I
3: she's like, like, so good in this.
0: I like when she calls, they're making fun of their names. He's, he calls her Shulky and she's like, what? <laughs> and this is like, hey, Chulky. He's like, yeah, how do you like it?
3: <laughs> that was so sweet. I like to like, you know, I, I think She-Hulk such an interesting Hulk, right? Because she's not like the other Hulks where it's not quite so combative a relationship she has with her Hulkiness. Uh, so I think it's it's always good to have her in there as like a foil with another Hulk because she represents different, you know, parts of our identities, I think, versus like the the sort of, uh, you know, he Hulk, if you will, is a more like rage, rage machine, which I think is, you know, also has interesting, fun things to play with. So it's, it's a nice mm. cast of characters here. You know, you got uh, Spider-Man. So Miles is hanging out, which is great. Miles was in both the issues we're talking about today. That's right love that love miles who doesn't love miles i don't know jerks um because
0: miles Miles, is is a fun character he's a he's he's a good addition to the spider-man the whole mythos
3: really truly and i think he has he's so interesting because i think he's such a happy kid you know but then like he also has been through some shit as you know most of our heroes have so it's interesting to see the way he conflicts or gets along with other characters, right? Like yeah. he and Miss Marvel are really close, but then like he and Ironheart are like kind of close, but also kind of don't like each other, but also kind of do like each other. And that's like a fun tension. I like the young characters; they're cute with each other.
0: I did. I have read. I actually haven't read to so that, but I did read. There was a two issue champions uh, we covered Infinity Countdown. They had like a mini series, mm-hmm. so that was that, that was like most of my introduction to a lot of them. So that was fun
3: champions is really fun i like most i haven't read all of them but every issue i've picked up i'm just like oh, this is fun this is good old-fashioned fun so well, i and i, I always
0: like that legacy thing yeah Like I, having I, somebody else take up and like be part of the family or, or take up the name because someone else is you know either currently or per- permanently usually just currently unavailable
3: totally and i, I think it's interesting like I've heard some really good critiques of legacy characters of like, well, why can't like female characters or black characters get their own thing? Why do they have to always be picking up from someone else? And I think that's a, a fair critique, but I'm with you. I really like it. <laughs> I'm like, I see your point and yet I really like it. <laughs> like I love all the spider people. Like, I love the whole universe. I mean, Peter Parker's probably my least favorite Spider person, which is, like, and I still really like him. He's just not my favorite because it's, like, because I got Miles, I got Gwen, I got Jessica Drew. Like, I got so many fun choices, you know?
0: Well, it's the great thing. It's the cho- You have the choices of them, so you can still have, you know, it's not like you just have one book or one type yeah. of character and that's it. You have a couple of them. You know, you might like one more than the other, and that's why they have, a, I mean, that's one of the nice things about having many like that. And, yeah, that is a good critique of, like, well, give them their own identity and their own thing. But the problem, of course, is just the market of things is sometimes new things, regardless of what kind of character it's going to be, new things don't always have the best, you know, chance of living. I mean, even things that are, you know, connected still, you know, part of it don't always last that long.
3: Totally. I so mean, you're totally right and and you don't have that built-in audience right like when you go to do a Hulk title you know that you you're there's a certain percentage of people who've read hulks that will read your Hulk title and and you might have to earn more of them because it's a you know it's, it's Amadeus and not uh you know
2: uh,
3: banner but you know it it's it, and it does it does help with that, and and it's kind of fun. Like I don't know, man. I think the reason I love comic books so much is I fucking love an inside joke, love an inside joke, and and comics to me are like predominantly inside jokes. You know, yeah. it's like you're you're weaving through things, and I even like when I'm reading a comic and I have no idea what's going on. Like these ones that we've we've been talking about today are, are ones that we're we're picking up really the end of a series, and I don't think I've read either of them, and. I'm a, I have the personality, I'm like, I'll roll with it. Like, I'm intrigued. I like it. I like that I don't know what's happening. But hey, I know this is an inside joke I just don't get, but I can tell it's a joke, <laughs> and I like it. <laughs>
0: yeah, but uh, this one was, a. this was a lot of fun. My favorite part is the part that they're referencing on the cover when he thinks she's going to kiss him, and yeah. she's actually just getting close with that control disc on his neck. <laughs> she's like, no, no, I'm not going to kiss you. Like, well, maybe, maybe I will. But that's not what this was.
3: Yeah, that was a cute moment where he like he puckers his lips and he's like ooh or purses his lips and he's like ooh and she's like mm now i have this little thing to control you with. So that works out for me. Yeah, that was that was pretty cute. I like that a lot. Uh, i also i liked it how uh chose such a great hulk. He's so optimistic and and yet like realistic. And I think that's like he's part of that whole crew, like when we talk about like Miles and Gwen and all those people around the same kind of age-ish who took over different mantles. He's they're 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 such fun characters and they have such a I think there's like the, you know, youth optimism, but then there's also like the the optimism of like he really wanted to be Hulk. Bruce Banner had that forced on him. But but Cho chose this and that That makes it like an interesting, when he grapples with the strength of Hulk versus himself, that's actually really fascinating because it's like, well, you you chose it, you took it on, and you're still afraid of it. Like, that that feels so relatable, I think, as, like, a writer who frequently struggles with actually writing.
0: (laughs) Well, it's the whole be careful, you know, be careful what you get, you know, what you wish for, you just might get it. Because they have that whole thing at the end where he's, like, starting to do the thing what they do with Banner a lot of times where you'll see the Hulk reflection in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I know they do that a lot in Immortal Hulk. You know, the Hulk, you know, he'll sometimes see a reflection of a different Hulk and he's like, what's that? What's that? What's going on? Why am I seeing this? And I know they yeah. did that at the end of this issue where he Amadeus looks in the mirror and he sees the Hulk. He's like, yeah. why am I seeing the Hulk and not my, my own face?
3: Yeah, that that's 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 fun. I like the I like anything that plays with like the multiplicity of yourself, you know. Yeah. So I, that's why I, I've always liked Hulk for that reason. Um, I love that like Lady Hellbender has just been like collecting monsters, and I love that the thing is one of the monsters.
0: <laughs> there are just so many. Mob- I love that it was that was fun. Like, I kind of want to go back and look at this. Although apparently though this is not on Marvel Unlimited.
3: I know. I was so shocked when I when I couldn't find it on there.
0: I was like, what? I kept looking. I'm like, I'm sure it's got to be on there. This is more than like a year or two old. It's got to be on there.
3: Yeah, I... And you know, it's so hard to um, navigate. You know, Marvel Unlimited is not the, the most robust <laughs> database of <laughs>
0: comics. I mean, I've been usually pretty lucky. There's most of the things I can find, but sometimes, yeah, there's some stuff like... And I had trouble finding all new, all different. It's on there, but it kept not popping up. Like, yeah. in the search, I actually had to just go through A's and just go scroll through the A's until I got to it.
3: That's exactly what I did.
0: <laughs> but this yeah. one, I kept looking, and I'm like, under T, I'm like, I don't see it. I'm like, I ended up having to buy in comiXology, but it's a ninety nine, and it was it was yeah. worth the read. It was worth the price.
3: I totally agree. I, I actually want to go back and read this whole series, because I, I, really, I really did enjoy it. And I... I I'm not super familiar with uh, Amadeus Cho. You know, I've mostly read him again in team ups or he, you know, shows up here and there in different people's stories. And so uh, it was really nice. It was nice to be like, okay, cool. The read I had on him was was legit. And I love that like his sister is part of his team. Like she's so funny, Maddie is. And she's so like, you know, like supportive, but also like freaked out all the time. (laughs)
0: oh crap, yeah i guess crap, I crap, crap, green. Crap. yeah <laughs> that's my phrase crap, crap, <laughs> crap. okay you can have that one
3: and miles oh he's such a a needed breath of fresh air around like all of this but yeah i love this you know there's this like see, this point where uh cho is at the bottom of like a pile of monsters who are beating him up and he's like no no i'm fine i'm fine <laughs>
0: Oh, that's right. And the one thing I really did like when the monsters first get out... Now, granted, she uses the control things to make the monsters go wild, so he has to fight them. Which, you know, it's a Hulk book. There's gotta be a lot of punching and breaking of stuff. A but big, the first thing big, he tries to do is petting them. <laughs>
3: yes! He's like, everyone calm down. They're scared. I was like, oh my gosh. I love you. You're I the guy, best.
0: I love that. And he straights them all shrunk down at the end. They're all a little cute. It's like, Aw.
3: oh, Too cute. I love that, too. I, yeah, I really liked that he was... He just feels like a character who's so compassionate and so like emotionally present, you know, both in the way that he deals with the monsters, but then also in the flashback when he's talking to Banner and he's and and, you know, Stark's like, shoot Banner into the negative zone. God damn it. Don't shoot your friends into the negative zone.
0: That's his first solution for everything. Just throw him in the negative zone. (laughs)
3: There's one rule, Tony. Don't do that.
0: <laughs> Rick Jones be annoying. Throw him in the negative zone.
3: Yeah, so he's like going to shoot his friend well, he into, already saw him into
0: space. <laughs> he already tried shooting him in the space. That didn't work. He came back. So let's shoot him in the I negative zone. To- <laughs> Actually, I think that's where Amadeus. I think that's where I first saw Amadeus. Is around that World War Hulk era. Because
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he was in
0: the he was in the Hercules series at the time.
3: Oh he was right. Up,
0: he was just human, and he had a little coyote puppy that he kept with them. Aww,
3: that's cute. Yeah, he's 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 cool. He's a cool character. And this was, like, really fun. This had, like, I kind of like reading the last issue of, a, of an arc, if I'm reading, like, just one of them. Because it's, like, oh, I get all, like, the fun, you know, the climax fight scene. And this was a great one because it's just, like, huge characters we've seen how many times just, like, slamming into each other. And then it's, like, Maddie being, like, uh, sorry, Amadeus, or at, she goes, him Ami or Amy. Uh, you know, you're gonna have to like let the Hulk loose, like really let loose. The thing I've been telling you not to do, you have to do. And it's like, oh, chef's kiss. Like, I love a climax. It's like, the thing you've been avoiding is what you must do. <laughs> it's like,
0: yes. And it's like, okay, maybe not that much. Pull it back a bit.
3: <laughs> if you punch one more person like that everyone's going to die yeah. <laughs> oh okay. okay
0: maybe calm a little bit
3: <laughs> and i love that like at the end i feel like so often villains at the end do some like wild you know last gambit blow things up go for the kill and Lady hellbender's like wild. <laughs> i'm out I'll all
0: right see, this isn't a work <laughs> this isn't worth this it is i'm sweet. done i'm out this is really cute i liked that
3: but yeah, like, like I said, She-Hulk to me was like the goat in this. She was so good and and funny and like, all right, let's go punch some shit. I like punching shit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> of course you do. Well, well, she's great. She's great. She is perfectly melded. Like, she can go punch stuff and then go argue in court. Like, she is yes. the balance. She's like, that has the perfect balance, mostly. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, I mean I will totally be reading the Totally Awesome Hulk again because as soon as it hits Marvel. Limited, <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. It doesn't matter yeah. if they have a heck of a good sale on comicsology.
3: Totally, totally. Yeah. That's
0: how I do a lot of my comic buying and stuff. It's like, okay, is there a sale? Ooh, good, I'll read this.
3: <laughs> yeah. Me, I'm like, oh, it's a volume? Oh yeah, I got it. Three
0: ninety nine? Oh three ninety nine for that, you know, ten dollar book, that's when I buy it. <laughs> exactly
3: oh comics they're, they're yes. so good we're so lucky these were both really fun selections to read I was really really you know you never know like sometimes you pick up a random comic and it's like oh oh so fat shaming on page one okay I don't know if I need that or it's like oh the woman died I don't I don't know if I need that so it was cool to like jump into these and they're both like fun and and well written and cool characters, like all like doing fun things and like also like big battles, which I adore. It's always like so
0: fun to have. Like no, I know good. they're paid Yeah, they're just draw. good to read. <laughs> yes.
3: Oh, yeah. it, was, it was so fun to read. These were great. So I'm I, I love both of them.
0: Well before we finish, just re- this is real quick and hold on, I said since I didn't send you before I sent you the picture in the chat. Because while it's Technically, not something we've covered yet on the show, but it should be mentioned on the show. On the same date, Volume One of the Infinity Watch trade paperback was released, which covered issues wow. one to twenty-two of Warlock and the Infinity Watch. So, a bit of a, really, a bit of interest wow. to the show.
3: That covers everything. Yes. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> Obviously, this this reprints a series that took place that started the month after Infinity Gauntlet ended. Hence the big infinity gauntlet on the cover.
3: <laughs> oh wow. Are you gonna be covering this one?
0: Oh, eventually when we get to it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: We're just finishing up this we just finished up the seventies.
3: Oh wow. So that's so cool. I, I love I love um I love podcasts like this that really like track the history of characters like discuss the good and the bad. And like what, like they disappeared for a little time or whatever happens, you know, and the weird.
0: Oh yeah. They, they disappeared at the end of the seventies. They both get killed. <laughs> Starling kills them both off and he pretty much leaves Marvel for like a decade.
3: <laughs> oh, comics. Yeah. Why he was over they? at DC killing Robin. Normal stuff. Yeah. That's what, that's what you gotta do. You gotta kill Robin sometimes if you want to be on can... DC.
0: And then he comes back to Marvel and does Infinity Gauntlet. How back.
3: fucking funny. I love
0: it. But yeah, so that was there. So before we finish this part, tell us about Bitches on Comics and why people, if they're not already, should be listening to it.
3: Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, so Bitches on Comics is a comics and pop culture podcast. We are both an advice Podcast, and we do interviews. So basically, every episode is either answering a question from real live listeners, or we're sitting down and talking to comics creators and critics about what it means to make comics and, and why they make comics and what what can this this form do that other things can. It's been really incredible. We've had a wide range of people join us, from people who are just getting their start, like Stephanie Williams, to like. Amy Chu doing amazing, amazing stuff over on all kinds of titles. But, you know, I'm thinking of Red Sonja at the moment. And it's been just, it's so fun. You know, it's it's me. I'm like, you know, nerdy and newer to comics. And then Sarah, who is, you know, equally as nerdy and also a walking encyclopedia of comic books. It is shocking sometimes. And we just have a good time. A lot of laughing. A lot of, you know, real talk. We talk about some hard tropes. And we talk about... Things in comics that have been unkind, especially to LGBTQ people, because that's we're both queer. That's really the focus of the pod. At least, uh, you know, the, we'll have we'll have rarely, but sometimes we'll have an episode where you know nothing queer comes up. But you know, that's the lens is we're always bringing like, what does it mean to represent bodies and what does it mean to represent people in this form? So it's it's fun, you know. And you can you can join us over on we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram and at bitches on comics. You can tune into the podcast on your favorite podcast platform we're on all of them or you can go to bitchesoncomics.com we have all of our episodes there and yeah we're gonna be doing this forever because it's like the most fun so we really appreciate anytime someone has us on and you know we just love comics like that's what it comes down to So we're just like nerds here just like let's talk about dazzler for an hour and it's it's really really fun so yeah i hope you'll join us
0: yeah do so you heard essie just now and Sarah has been on before already. If people remember, they, she, Sarah was on the Endgame episode when we covered Avengers Endgame, and also episode 100. So you've already heard the people on it, anyway. <laughs> you know what you're in
3: for. Come and join us; it's a good time, and we 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 talk a little shit on the internet and try and look out for each other. And we're we're just super happy to be a part of these awesome communities that are, you know, really I feel like really strengthening in a lot of ways, even despite. The madness of the world.
0: <laughs> A little break from the madness is something we could all use. Absolutely. And of course, as usual, if you, so people don't have to worry about remembering, links will be in the show notes. So you can just go there and click on the link.
3: Fantastic.
0: Before we go any further, it's time to cover our feedback. And this time we are talking about our feedback from episode 118. I hope I knew what episode that was. Ah, yes, Death Watch, in which Brian and John were here and we talked about Marvel 2-in-1, annual number two. On Facebook, the post about that episode was liked and shared by Joe Sedano, Jason Venable, Darren and Ruth Sutherland, Gene Hendricks, Tim Price, Hal Jordan, and Jesse Starcher. On Twitter, we got likes and retweets from Doc Strange, Chief Brody Man, Nexus of All Realities, Connor McKenna, Viet Hwin, Toys and Sometimes Jokes, Last Sons of Krypton, and Rising Podcast, Into the Night, John Applegate, David Finn, Ultimate Spidercast, Capes and Lunatics, Jeffrey Brown, Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast, Jason Snick Menable, Brian Z probably disagrees with you. Cable says vote like your life depends on it. John Reid's Comics, Superman, Marvel, Transformers, Trans Lesbian Planet Eater, We Are Venomaniacs Podcast, Fanholes Podcast, Angel Apifar Rockbot, Dave's Comic Heroes Blog, Tim Price, the Podcrasher, and Van Allen Plexico. We also want to thank a few more of the people who have been following our Tumblr page. Thank you to... Oh boy, these are going to be fun to say. Metano- Metanoid Maximus, SickWidit2016, Ferment, I Say a and Chief Egg Muffin Rascal. Alright, you guys are getting devious with these names and I'm hoping you're enjoying me attempting to say these jerks (laughs) oh and so like I said we have a Tumblr page so don't forget to follow us there resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com you can follow or comment or whatever on our Facebook page just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos in the Facebook search box it will pop up on Twitter we're on there at adamthanospod you can follow like and share our episodes talk to us about comics there we like to do that and also, don't want you to forget, there's some other stuff I do. So if you want to hear me talking about something from DC, go listen to the LEGION cast. You can find that on the feed for the Legion of Substitute Podcasters. We talk about the LEGION series from DC from the late 80s, early 90s. That's basically Legion, but it's the acronym one. It's a series with Viral Docs and Lobo and all that stuff. It's a lot of fun. If you like sci-fi, go check it out. Since our last episode was out, we had two episodes, because it's a weekly show, episodes 18 and 19. And you can also find me hanging out the people from the Rylach and Broadcasting Network on TV Party Tonight where we talked about Star Girl Season 1. Links for these all will be in the show notes. We are Venomaniacs is the Venom site's official podcast for all of your Symbiote news, reviews,
3: and point of views about Venom related comics, movies, television, animation and merchandise. We are available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes,
0: Google Play Music, and YouTube. Join us, won't you? I must say about this, this miniseries, it started off for me a little, okay, what the, what's the point here?
1: Yeah, yeah, it seemed a bit like, fill, like a filler or time waster spinning your wheels just to create content for content's sake
0: yeah like i was starting to wonder like is this just gonna be four issues of unconscious adam dreaming
1: and and recapping everything that we've seen up until now kind of a deal
0: but there seems to be a point this actually matters
1: Mm-hmm. it's could this could go somewhere super interesting and i'm ready yeah and i'm as the issues have gone by i've enjoyed them more and more no true true it's getting stronger as it goes on absolutely
0: my plan was to try and hold on reading it until we're ready to, you know, we have scheduled because I read this this week, right? But
1: we'll see. All I'm going like, but I'm I'm very pleased with that because when we in, when we initially embarked upon it, it was like legit. I was coming to it like, hey, I, you know, it's it's Starlin, it's Thanos, is so therefore, um, it is a thing I will be talking about on the podcast with Alan. That's always fun. Plus, it's an excuse to shove four issues of Alan Davis art into my eyeballs which i am never uh, averse to but i wasn't like super enthusiastic about the story as it set out as you pointed out but now here we are three issues in and i'm like i'm into it i'm i'm enjoying it and it's making now the past issues
0: and the past graphic novels Putting them all in a different light now. Like, like you had said yeah. initially about the first one, it was okay to you, but there was a lot of more cosmic navel-gazing for you. You enjoy, I know you enjoyed the second one more.
1: Yeah, yeah, But now there was it's, action and there was the Guardians and all that.
0: But now it's putting that first one in a new light for me. I think I might have to, when we finish the last issue, I might have to read everything again before going back, before we do the last, story, uh, the last graphic novel.
1: Yeah, yeah, sort of put it all into place before we uh, tackle that last bit of the story.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> all right well that's it for this time we will be uh the next episode where we will do an issue four but for now brian any final thoughts or anything you want to tell people about where to go i mean unless you want to tell <laughs> someone where to go in which case you can do that on your own
1: yeah no let me tell you all where to get off i'll let you know um i have as usual uh of late i have nothing to promote because the uh, this is uh this is pretty much the extent of my uh the extent of my public presence and that's Fine, I enjoy it, and I hope you all enjoy it as well. But I did have a thought, um, and it's a little bit in keeping. If you'll recall, uh, at the beginning of this episode, I asked something along the lines of, has there ever been anything that was this grand and cosmic? Um, I have a similar, slightly similar sort of question to ask all y'all, and this is just by way of my completely unrelated and irrelevant final thought. So think of it as a, um, I'll discuss amongst yourselves, I'll give you a topic. Um uh, <laughs> Uh, so I've been, uh, of late, I've been reading a lot of post-crisis Wonder Woman, uh, starting with the George Perez reboot. And I was thinking to myself, that stretch of Wonder Woman between the crisis and infinite earths and, uh, the new 52 reboot, um, was blessed with an absolutely remarkable run of creative talent. Cause it went, um, you had George Perez at the beginning and mm-hmm. then shortly thereafter, there was, you know, a little, a little, uh, uh, middle period, but then like in rapid succession, you had John Byrne and then you had Gail Simone and then you had Greg Rucka and then you had, um, uh, J. Michael Straczynski all as like writers on this, on this series. And to me, that's like, and so I got to thinking, Has there been any other character or title that has enjoyed that strong a succession of creative talent in rapid succession? Now, obviously, that going to vary according, like everyone's opinion on that is going to vary because everybody enjoys different writers to different and, and artists to different extents. But I think it's undeniable that that list of names I rattled off is a pretty universally well-regarded set of of writers and so i got to thinking about it and about the only other character i came up with off the top of my head was a daredevil who uh right thought
0: thought that too yeah right
1: right at the turn of the century you got kevin smith and then you got brian bendis and then you had ed brubaker and then you had mark wade um and then you had charles sewell
0: yep i was actually gonna say in a reverse thing i was thinking
1: x-men mm-hmm
0: during Claremont. Think about that. Yes, you have one brighter, but you went from, I mean, for I'm talking about like, you know, people with the run, not just like random fill ins.
1: Right, right, but right, right, right. Dave Cockrum. Mm-hmm.
0: John Byrne. Mm-hmm. Dave Cockrum again. Mm-hmm. Paul Smith. Mm-hmm. John Romita Jr. Oh, Mark Silvestri. Yeah. Jim Lee. Yep. So, I mean, for the most part, X-Men had pretty. You had even if you didn't care for the stories, you had some pretty impressive art straightforward for the most part. I mean, like I said, there were some fill-ins here and there and a random person here or two, but I mean, for the people who had the runs, those are the runs. Like you Mm -hmm. went from that one to that.
1: Boom, boom, boom. Absolutely. So anyway, so that was what was on my mind um, as I was uh, thinking about stuff today. And so uh, just, you know, Hey, you know, leave us an email, leave Alan email, leave us a comment and uh, he can tackle it in one of his uh, email episodes. Cause I just think it's an interesting thing to think about like where, where has where has the talent congregated, so to speak, but either either um, writing or artist
0: yeah.
1: wise, because you make a good point, Al, that X-Men always did have like the top artistic talent to go with Claremont, who was, you know, that was the top of his game, too.
0: Even so, when it was um, the top title, even when it first started, mm-hmm. you know, you went from burn, you went from Clarkham to Burn.
1: Right. And that made everybody's name really like they all got to be who they were because of that. Right, uh,
0: and then yeah, and then I believe I was right. Yeah, Cockrum followed Byrne again, and then you have Paul Smith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you go to John Romita Jr.'s run to Mark Silvestri's to mm-hmm. Jim Lee. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's pretty much you know for the most part, it's like wow, that's an
1: impressive line of artists. And and you and let us not forget when they did have fill-ins, they didn't have just like you know Marvel tryout book dude number oh, yeah. five here. You had Barry Windsor Smith, Smith. you had Alan Davis. Uh, art adams or the, yeah, the art art art, Ad, Ad, exactly no art is yeah. at
0: annuals though
1: um, uh, right. uh, uh, so alan davis too.
0: but yeah. you know alan davis did some of the, did some fill-in issues including it was uh the psylocke focused issue that was like at the end of the mute massacre
1: yes yes which i was thinking of that specifically because we had a barry windham barry windsor smith issue uh right in there too oh my my wrestling fandom is coming out I, I said barry windham accidentally <laughs> uh, anyway yeah. so but yeah no the point is uh yeah the talent does tend to congregate in certain places. Then you look at other titles, and I don't want to, you know, cast aspersions by naming any names. But then you get other titles that just have never seemed to get a consistently um, high-quality group of creators on it for any any length of time. So, just a thought, just a thought, something to think about, and something maybe to let uh, us let us know what your thoughts are. So that's all I got.
0: All right. Well, that's good. Well, yeah. If anyone has thoughts on that, please write in. I would love to hear it. All right. Well, that's it for this time, everybody. We'll see you in roughly two weeks
1: with issue four. See you next time.
0: Bye. Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended or happening or even understood. Okay, we're recording now.
1: Ah, excellent.
0: That would help. I figured.
1: Oh uh, yeah, no, definitely useful. Definitely yes. a useful thing when uh, when creating a podcast via Skype. Yeah. To re- actually record it.
0: Oh. Actually, good for recording any, for doing any podcast.
1: Record it. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Pro tip: if I ever always hit, this hit record. Yeah. If I'm ever playing this for something, if you're doing a podcast, record it. Infinity entity. <clears throat> Infinity and.